Oh, Jesus. Well, if you have your booklets, I want to cover just a couple of things, and then we're just going to keep pressing in this morning. I just sense this morning very special, just very special, tangible presence of the Lord here this morning. You know, I, it's been told to us multiple times since we've gotten here that how great it is that, that Akron has a Pentecostal church That's a good thing. You can get be excited about that. <laughs> and uh, we're we're very excited about this. <laughs> we're we're on a journey. I know uh, there are probably those that have joined us that think, "Wow, you're really not you're really not that Pentecostal." And then there's probably others that are thinking, "Wow, we're really Pentecostal." Uh, so there's both there's both sides of that reality. But but I just say it like this: We're on a journey. And uh, we're on a good journey together. And we have seen so much transformation take place in just five or six months of being here. And it excites us. You know, this is exciting. People say, well, this has happened to that or whatever. Or whatever. But, hey, I am excited about what God is doing at Celebration Church. When change comes, there's sifting that happens and all that. We understand that. But it's God preparing and and pruning and trimming and getting us ready for the harvest that's coming our way. And I believe that this year is going to be a, just a great harvest. Uh, we didn't say it earlier, but if you're a guest with us this morning, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, I just encourage everybody to make sure you take the time to fill out the Connect cards. Uh, there's Connect cards in the bulletins, so make sure that you take time to fill those out. I realize the offering plates have already passed. There's an offering box in the foyer. You can always drop those in. But... Uh, we are, we are so excited about what God is doing. And it is one of the things that's encouraging to me, and I'll just, I, I, I was, ha I'll just be very real. I was having a meeting with you, th with someone this week. And um, great guy, had a, you know, a great meeting. He's involved in ministry here in the area, has a, has a great ministry. And uh, I told him our back, you know, he asked, well, what's your, it's the question that every pastor asks you when you're new to an area. Well, what's your vision? And uh, I, I, it's the same every time that somebody asks me. I never change. It's always the same. We want to see revival come to the greater Akron area. We want to see revival come to Great Lakes region. That's our vision. That's what, that's, it's been the same since we've got here. And that's, that's our heart. And uh, it's been funny to watch because everybody that I've said to that to has run for the hills. <laughs> I think I've connected actually with one or two pastors that are actually on board with that and excited about that. The rest of them have all run. Uh, just tried to, another one of those crazy pastors, you know, things, revivals coming to Akron. Yeah, okay. And uh, so I was meeting with this guy this week and he, his vision is the same, you know, he's a Pentecostal guy and I didn't know, I didn't realize that, didn't know that. And uh, so I started sharing our vision. He, you know, it was like two little kids in a candy store. I mean, we were just pumped, just going back and forth about what God was doing in, in his church and our church. And uh, we had a great connection. It was fun. And uh, he said, you know, um, usually, he said, when people think, he's, he's grown up here in the Akron area. He said, usually when people think Pentecost in this area, it's usually, oh, that's the black church. And, uh, or, you know, the, the white church is the conservative church, but the Pentecostal church is the black church. Well, when he said that, something, I had alarms go off on my inner man, because it's probably true, but it's 
that's not the heart of God. That's not, that's not heaven. Heaven is very diverse. And I'll, 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 the reason I say this is I'm echoing what uh, Heather was saying already. Heaven is going to be full of every tribe and nation and tongue. And I want our church to reflect that. I want the diversity of heaven in our church. Amen. I don't want to just be the conservative white church on, uh, on uh, Dan Street. I want to be the, the, the fully multicolored, multi-background, uh, multi-diversity church at Dan Street. And I, I believe that God is doing that. We're excited about that. And I'm excited about the fact that we're going to be a Pentecostal church that's not the conservative white church. What is that? I don't, know, I don't understand that. I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I want to highlight, I just made some people mad, I'm sure. But uh, like Heather said, you, you have no choice but to love me because if you're born again, it's the love of God. So you, you, lo- you love me or leave, you know? <laughs> I'm the, I, but, the, you know, as the pastor, I have the unfortunate side of that. If I don't love you, I can't leave. <laughs> if you offend me, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, a little pastor humor. I'm sorry. I'll, I, I'll, get back to, I'll get back to the booklet. Page 7. Uh, I just want to highlight a couple things on page 7, and I'll, I have a word for you this morning. But uh, I, I want to talk about our vision, our, our verse, of course, the verse for our church, and you, you can see it all over. Uh, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And I, it is my desire that you would memorize that verse. Really, it's my desire that you memorize our values and that verse and really memorize it. I mean, this is... If you can get this in you, I mean, I'm not saying that I want you to go up to somebody and quote this booklet word for word. Uh, When someone asks you, what's celebration about? Don't quote this booklet word for word. But this gives you something to to work from. This gives you something tangible uh, to work from. But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. That is our vision. That's who we are. That is our DNA, that is our church, and uh, that is what we are becoming and what God is making us into and where we're headed. And so I, I'm excited about that because that was Jesus's commission to the apostles before he left. He said, this last command, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so that's what we're going to do. That's who we are. That's the overflow of the Holy Spirit's work in us. And uh, on page 8... There are, uh, it's broken down. I'm sorry, did I give you the wrong page number? Yes, I did. It's page something or other. Page seven. (laughs) On page seven, there's a breakdown of what each of those geographical locations are. Jesus said, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem. You'll be witnesses in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so we've taken those and broken those down. Our leadership team, our board, our staff, we've all taken time and had input into this. And this summarized everything that has come through. This is that summarized. Uh, there's a lot of great ideas and a lot of, a lot of great ministry ideas that we've received. And so we've tried to uh, condense it down and summarize it into these areas. And so Judea is Akron. It's our area. It's our hometown. Jerusalem is our hometown. Uh, then there's Judea, which is the Great Lakes region. It's our surrounding 
area, which I, I say is the Great Lakes region. That's why on the cover and on all of our banners and posters, if you see behind Power From On High, it's the states that border the Great Lakes region. It's the Great Lakes region. That's why that's there. It's a, it's a picture reminder of what God has called us to do. And then Samaria is the cross-cultural. How do we minister to people that are outside uh, of our comfort zone or outside of what, uh, where we hang out or where we live? Uh, Jesus, if you remember, uh, the Samaritan woman. Jesus, I love this. Matter of fact, someday I said this to somebody. I don't know who I said this to, but someday it's my desire, and, I, and maybe God will make this happen. This is an expensive adventure, so it's, a, it's just my own, it's my own little desire. It's not really a church desire, but I would love to have a big old statue of the woman at the well in the front because it, I think it just capsulates what we're all about. It's here's this woman who's coming for an earthly drink. She's coming for just natural water and Jesus is sitting at the well and says, but if you drink of the water I give, you'll never thirst again. Jesus wasn't supposed to be talking to that Samaritan woman, if you remember, because she, she wasn't Jewish. And so Samaria is our place of ministry to people that aren't like you. Maybe you're a creative person and you're good with uh, technology or whatever. That's really not me. So I would probably be in your Samaria category. <laughs> I'm not very creative. And so if you're the creative person, you're going to find those who aren't creative. If you're, the, if you're uh, one nationality, you're going to reach out to the other nationality. If you're different, you're going to find, well, we're all different. <laughs> Every one of us are different. You're going to find someone that's different from you and reach out to them. So that's Samaria. We'll talk about that. And then the ends of the world, world impact. So I want to just focus in on a couple things with Judea. This is so exciting, Great Lakes region. Uh, some of the things that we would love to see happen, of course, we celebration has a great heritage. Amen? Amen. Celebration has a great heritage. Amen. <laughs> And so we, we are thankful for the history and the heritage that's here, and uh, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that uh, uh, the labor that has gone on for years ahead of us, and the Bible says that we're coming in and we're reaping where we've not sown. We're reaping a harvest based on others' labors, and all of us really are doing that. Some of you have been here from the beginning, but many of, many of us are new, uh, and so we've We've got to come in and step in and reap where others have sown. And uh, I'm excited about that for this area. Specifically, you know, Celebration has a heritage. One of the things that God's used this church for is launching other ministries and other churches. You know, Emerge Ministries came out of Celebration. We have Innovation Church and uh, Open Door Church and, and probably many other missionaries and ministers that have gone out of Celebration. And so there's a heritage for that here. And one of the things that we want to see happen is that heritage continue. We would love, we have, right now, we have about seven, uh, no, we just have eight. Elijah, why don't you stand up, Elijah, so everybody knows who you are. Elijah's one of our interns. He just moved here from Louisiana. So, see, people are already moving here. So we, Elijah just moved here from the northern part of Louisiana, which is probably more country than uh, what well, is very country. Uh, you're practically in Mississippi there. Actually, he's from Arkansas, basically. Um, but anyway, uh, we, have, we have seven or eight interns that feel called to full-time ministry. And so they're in discipleship right now, being trained how to be pastors. 
how awesome would it be in the next three to five years to launch some of those folks to start their own church and have them in a place where they can start out of Celebration, another campus of Celebration Church. I was uh, down in by the Arlington area in the southern, and we could have a church in the south, and we're on the north, and then, you know, just think about all over where we could have campuses doing unique ministry. Bethesda School of Ministry in the Bible. I'm so excited about this one, uh, because we, uh, Heather and I both graduated from Bethesda, and it has been our desire and a vision of ours to start Bible schools around the world. We want to be able to do that and be a part of that. That's our own personal, that was something, even in our interview process, somebody asked, maybe it was Mandy, we've heard all about church vision, but what about your vision? What do you want to see happen in your own life? And we said, and we would love to start Bible schools all over. And um, so we, we talked to the, the leaders at Bethesda, and they have approved us to start a site campus here in Akron. And so coming summer uh, this year, summer this year, we're going to start a Bible school here at our church. It's fully accredited. All of the college, it's all, you can graduate with an associate's or a bachelor's in biblical studies or ministry. And it's going to be, it's a spirit-filled Bible school. It's going to be great. Uh, So we're working out the teachers and all of those details. But it's happening. It's happening. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Uh, That was just something that was on the vision. That was something on the plate. And uh, while we were in New Orleans, I had a conversation with someone and said, hey, this is what we'd like to do, what you think. Sounds great. Let's work out the details. And so we started working out the details when we got back, and it's happening. So I'm very excited about that. Next one is Facility Extreme Makeover. (laughs) We're going to have our own reality show. (laughs) It's called Extreme Makeover of Celebration. And uh, so we're, we're in the process of getting plans for this. If you know, there's a lot of things around the facility that need updates. There's been ideas and visions for the facility for a long time that just haven't come to fruition. And uh, one of those being, uh, well, actually two of those, two of those specifically that I want to highlight. How many of you have been in the fellowship hall lately? <laughs> Anybody? Okay, so we all know the fellowship hall needs a little TLC and some updating. And uh, so we're, we're, that's on the list. And then one of the other, which by the way, speaking of the fellowship hall, today after service, we have a leader's lunch. And that's open to anybody who volunteers currently or wants to volunteer in the future. You come be a part of that. Yeah, if you just want a free lunch and hear what we've got going on. We're having chicken tortilla soup, so come, come enjoy. Uh, that's today after. Even if you didn't RSVP, you can still come. But the, So the fellowship hall's on the agenda. And then one of the, one of the things that has been desired, I guess, for a while, is to have a, have a cafe, coffee shop, bookstore in the front foyer area. And so we're in the process of working on that as well, getting all the prices and quotes and structural things and getting all that ironed out. And so that is super exciting because you can come during the week, have a cup of coffee, sit in the bookstore, have a godly environment and invest into godly resources versus Starbucks and all that, which I don't have a problem. I visit Starbucks quite frequently, so I'm looking forward to having a uh, coffee shop here that I don't have to go down to Howl to get coffee. Anyway, so extreme makeovers coming. We'll, we'll have, uh, we are going to make that into a fun thing. We're going to have reality videos and stuff, and we'll have 
project updates. It'll be a fun time. So Extreme Makeover is coming. Outreach events. We've already started Celebration of Life. Uh, we've had Christmas outreaches. Thanksgiving will start this year. A lot of different things. Servolution I'm very excited about. We're going to take a day in May, and we're going to make a community outreach day where all of us will go into the community and serve and meet practical needs within the community, whether it's cleaning up graffiti, mowing, helping with the blight housing, whatever it is, uh, we're working with the community director to, to make that happen. So it's going to be a great day. Discipleship program, all that's underway as we speak. Like I said, we have seven or eight interns already. And long term, we would love to take that and make it into a master's commission type program or some sort of uh, intensive, nine-month intensive program. So that's that's underway. Pastor Grace actually graduated from a master's commission. So, um, so she's all excited about that. <laughs> So if you're not familiar with Master's Commission, we can explain that to you later. Healing Home, again, this has been a vision for a long time that we can have a place, a home, where people can come from all over the world. They can come to this home, and it's 24-7 Jesus, 24-7 prayer. The atmosphere is worship. They're learning about how to take care of themselves physically, emotionally, spiritually. They're saturated in prayer. There's prayer constant, worship constant and ministry happening in that home on a constant basis. And so um, I'll throw this out there. <laughs> but I've, I, I, I really believe uh, that we are strategically placed uh, where this church is on Dan Street, but on the interstate as well. And if you look, maybe you could be praying with me about this. If you look, if you go out the door and you look over to the left, there's, there's a whole bunch of property. It has houses, but it also has apartments. <laughs> I would love to have all of that. I, I just, I'm just greedy for Jesus. I just want it all. And uh, we can even build a little bridge right across the valley there. Go right on into the, we can have our own little compound here and have, have ministry happening 24-7. Uh, but I'd love to see, and that's one of the things that are on here, uh, a dream center or something similar to a dream center take place. And I think how great of a property right next door to our church that we can put people in there, ha have housing, have, we're starting our food pantry here in a couple weeks. Matter of fact, if you want to be a part of that, there's a meeting coming up. The details on that are in the bulletin. Um, we need help with the food pantry. So the food pantry, all of those things. So great things there. True North we're involved with. We want to see that develop. I have a meeting this week with True North and their board uh, to see how we can become more involved with True North ministry. And so we're, you know, and that's, for those who don't know, that's going into the detention center next door and doing ministry there. And also they have their own little compound uh, where, where prisoners, where inmates are sent to that farm basically to work and do uh, labor work versus being in prison. And so we want to be a part of that and see what God's doing there. We have an open door, it sounds like, to develop some ministry and some relationships there. So be praying for that. And then Esther's Court. Many of you are familiar with the free weddings. That's Esther's Court. We're, we are going to relaunch that with a new name and a new look, but it's still the free weddings. We still have all the wedding dresses. And uh, so if anybody's interested in free weddings, uh, let us know. That's going to be that's going to be awesome. Uh, we still get phone calls. Angie was just saying yesterday that she gets phone calls still asking if we do free weddings here at the church. And so 
We're going to re- reprogram that, I guess you could say. And then also, there's a meeting coming up for Royal Rangers. So if anybody is interested in starting Royal Rangers and being a part of that, uh, I have a meeting coming up, and that's in the bulletin as well. So a lot of great things here. that we're in, And probably two-thirds of this is already happening, and we haven't even gotten to the year yet. So I'm wondering, okay, what's next? Lord, we're, we got the check, 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 check. Okay, what are you going to do next? So we may have to have version two of this come mid-year already. So anyway, uh, lots of great things happening. Samaria, of course, cross-cultural. We want to partner with ministries. They, they may not necessarily be under us, but we want to partner with ministries uh, like Francel, Pastor Francel at Open Door, and say, hey, we've got 50 extra turkeys from Thanksgiving. We're going we're gonna to provide all the turkeys you need for Thanksgiving this year and send those to them and, and just be a part of ministries like that. Um, Toolbox Ministries, Haven of Rest, Angie's actually, we're working on a program now to work with Haven of Rest to have, they have a group of people that are considered disciples, it's people they're working with that are considered, uh, uh, considered the students or disciples of Haven of Rest, and we're going to work with them to bring those students in uh, once a week to help with the facility needs and be able to support them in some way, shape, or fashion. So we're in the process of working uh, with, with Haven of Rest to get that figured out and what the details of that. So we can have people come in and not only do something with their hands and do work, get, get some sort of financial support to do it, and also get off the street at the same time. So we're excited about that. So all that's underway. So thank you for listening to my uh, <laughs> uh, announcements on the vision. But that, that is Celebration Church. That is our heart, bringing life, hope, and healing to our community. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 25. And this morning, I just want to share a word with you. Uh, just If you can keep playing for a moment, that would be great. Um, Many of you know that uh, we, uh, we just want to flow with what God's doing and saying. I was during worship, I was reminded of this scripture. This is the word that God gave me in 2014 just share a little bit of our story. The end of 2013, I think it was 2013, we were on our way north, actually, to see my family in Illinois. And on, that's funny, we were actually on our way north when God spoke this. <laughs> in 2013, uh, the end of 2013, God spoke, I think it was in October, and God said, transition is coming for your family. And uh, you know, you don't like to hear those words. <laughs> we were pretty comfortable uh, in New Orleans. We weren't, we weren't ready for that, from that word from God. He said, transition's coming. And we said, okay, God. Heather was sleeping in the car. I was driving. And that's when God spoke that to me. Transition's coming for your family. And uh, that was 2013. And then not long after that, uh, the, the process began of us interviewing and, and looking into coming here. And uh, we heard from the very beginning, um, from the, literally from the very beginning of our, our phone conversations with the board, we had heard specifically from God, you're moving to Akron, Ohio. And um, we're like, okay, <laughs> here we go. And uh, God gave Heather a word for our move. 
and uh, gave, gave me a word for our move. And uh, the word that God gave me specifically, there was two, there was two specific scriptures. Um, let me flip back to Isaiah. In Isaiah 55, 12, and 13, well, mainly verse 12, but it, it extends. I'll just read verse 12. It says, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all of the trees shall clap their hands. And so we knew at that point, uh, Heather had been given that word. I didn't know this, but Heather had been given that word by Dick Mills. Some of you have heard us talk about Dick Mills, a uh, prophet. Um, he had given her that word in 2007. And so we knew that at some point, transition from New Orleans was going to happen. We didn't know what that meant. If, you know, or there was going to be some sort of transition in New Orleans. We just, we weren't sure. We just, she was holding on to that word. And then God gave me that word in 2014, the beginning of 2014. And so we knew when I told her, her eyes got big as saucers and said, that was the word I got in 2007. And so we knew that things were happening. And then God gave me Isaiah 61. In verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. And so I knew that was my word. Okay, we're going to possess double. And then God spoke to Heather saying that we were going to be brought to wide open spaces flowing with milk and honey. We shared that when we first moved here. Word for the church. And... Uh, so we just, we were trusting God. And then in January, uh, Joe and Becky Cruz are going to be here with us next weekend. You don't want to miss them. Um, January 17th on Saturday, they're doing a workshop from 1 to 3. And then on Sunday, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. service. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Bring, bring your friends, bring your family. It's going to be an amazing time with Joe and pastors, Joe and Becky. They're great. But anyway, they were in our church in New Orleans. And uh, on a, in January, and on a Sunday night, we were, we'd gone through, prayed for people, and Heather and I jumped in the prayer line at the end, and uh, pastors Joe and Becky are going through praying. They had no clue what was, they, nobody knew, nobody knew except for us. Uh, even though we laughed, we had four or five leaders that had dreams about us moving to Akron and senior pastoring. And so we laughed and said, God, we know you're excited, but you got to be quiet about this. you got to stop telling people what we're doing. Uh, you know, all of our leaders are coming to us. Are you leaving us? And uh, we're like, no, who knows, you know, God, you know, oh, yeah. you know shh, God, be quiet. <laughs> and uh, so we said God was as excited about us moving here as we were. And um, in the prayer line, Becky comes up and she prays Isaiah this word word for word uh, that you'll possess double that scripture she prays it over word for word and uh, I, we knew at that point in January of 2014 that we were coming and then it was it was solidified we knew that this was happening and uh, so it's happened we're here we got here and we're excited to be here it's been great and we're looking forward to what God has it's a new day it's a new season 2015 is going to be wonderful. Matthew chapter 25. Thank you, Jesus. Can you all stand with me for a moment? You've been sitting and listening to my talking for a moment. Matthew 25, if you have your Bibles. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place. 
Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, what you're saying and what you're doing all around us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. God, help us, help us to see the, the vision. Lord, help us to see what you're doing. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning and show us where we fit in. last night, God started stirring uh, my heart uh, and just stirring this word for you. I believe that this 2014 has been, uh, for you, it's been a year of, forgive the analogy, but this is just what I saw. It's like the, the dead skin coming off. It's like the, it's like the um, butterfly coming out of the cocoon. I know that's just weird, giving that word to to a man, but, but it, yeah, that's, that's the transforming work. That's the nature of what God is doing. He's, he's causing you to begin to step out of the, of the cocoon. And that, that scripture that I read earlier from Isaiah, that you'll possess double in your land and, and you'll have joy, abundant joy will be yours. Is, I just believe that that's what God is doing in this year, 2015, that, that he's brought you out of the out of the old. He's transformed your life into the new. There's, he's, you know, just like the flowers just begin to open up to the sun. It's, it's a new day. It's a new season for you and the, and the joy of the Lord and, and the, the double, you shall possess double in your land. That, the, that joy, that supernatural joy and the, the, the presence, the tangible presence of God will just increase on your life this year. Lord, why don't you stretch your hands towards Ray this morning. Lord, we thank you for Ray, Lord. I ask for your presence, Lord, in his life to just increase. Let the joy of the Lord increase in his life, Lord. Let the, let the yeah, like oil from heaven coming down on you this morning. Yeah, it's like oil. It's like oil from heaven being poured out this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, yeah, that's 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 really refreshing. Sing that grace. That's that's refreshing, refreshing oil of heaven.
<laughs> the joy of the Lord. Rabbas Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, someone this morning regarding your family and this will this will testify or bear witness as the Bible says with your spirit there's specifically you, that you've been praying someone in particular that you've been praying specifically for your family that you've heard, this is just what I, this is, I'm just taking this as I, as I hear it, <laughs> that, you, that you've heard and you've seen. The things about the Spirit and the Spirit's power. You've seen the manifestations of His presence and His power. You've even, you've even felt in your own life the, the touch and the presence of the Lord in a new way this year. And you've been waiting, saying, Lord, what about, what about my family? I've experienced this. Where, 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 where is the manifestation of this in my family? There's a hunger, there's a, there's a, there's a hunger, there's a desperation lingering in your heart. It's a, it's a continual nagging. It's like a continual nagging, like a piece of sand in your eye. It's just a continual nagging in your heart. Lord, what about my family? What about my family? And that desire and that, that, that tug or that pull, that stirring is spirit-inspired. It's the Holy Spirit placing within you a, a compassion where you would have not have had compassion before or desire before. It's the Holy Spirit placing that in you, that desire for your family. It's of God. It's a desire for your family to know and to experience the reality of Christianity and not just knowledge. And I would say to you that even as we have, as a church, declared this as a year of jubilee, captives go free and the reality of what God has spoken becomes real and evident tangible in our lives. Even so it will transpire in your own family. Even so that you'll see the very things, the desires that God's placed in your heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. God will fill. He'll fill to fullness your family. He'll fill to fullness your family. 
Don't wait. Don't wait for the day that you see it transpire. Don't, don't wait for the day that for that day to come before you receive all the fullness that God has for you. But you begin to step in and receive all that God has for you. You receive all that God has for you. And you'll begin to see those desires fulfilled. For the Lord says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in him and he will give you the very desires that he's placed within you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 25, you can be seated if you can. Matthew 25, and you might as well just stay there, because <laughs> this will be a quick one. Matthew 25, I love the presence of the Lord. I love spirit-empowered ministry. I love the gifts of the spirit. You know the gifts, the word gifts in, in the New Testament is the word, Greek word charisma. It's the, it means grace. It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's the grace, the nature, the character, the person of God made manifest. When you, when you flow in the gifts of the spirit, it's, it's the grace, the charisma, the gift of God at work in your life. It's God expressing himself through the Spirit's power in your life. It's not hocus pocus or weird things like that. It is God manifesting himself through your life. Those gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, are God manifesting himself through your life. So I want to encourage you to use those, to flow in those uh, as they are available to believers. Amen. They're available to believers. They're available to you and I to walk in it's not just the pastor or the deacons or the pastoral staff or the leaders. Everybody. There's no distinction. Everybody. Matter of fact, Paul said, earnestly desire that you should flow in the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire that you may prophesy, that you'll flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Earnestly desire those things. Matthew chapter 25. In verse 1, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But the bridegroom was delayed and they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse 11, Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. You know, I believe that this, this is a reference. It's, it's referencing the church. It's a picture of the church. The, the virgins are a picture of the church making herself ready. I believe that. We'll, I'll talk about that as, in a moment. But I also believe that it is a great picture of the last day revival. That Jesus, the, the bridegroom coming, is a picture 
yes of Jesus coming and, and the blessed hope, as the Bible says, or our term that we use, the rapture of the church. Yes, I believe that Jesus is coming back, but I believe it's also a great picture of last day revival. That we will find ourselves with church, with people who accept the power, the oil is representative of the Holy Spirit, that, that, that we will have those who have the fullness of the Holy Spirit and those that do not. And yet it's all the church. See, they were all virgins. They were all pure. They were all, they were all waiting for the bridegroom's coming. They all had one object in mind. Five considered the source of their light. Five did not. Five went out taking their lights with them, thinking the bridegroom was coming immediately, thinking something was going to happen immediately. They didn't have the lasting qualities, the foundation of understanding. They didn't have the spiritual depth they needed. And they went out thinking, oh, we'll just go out to meet the bridegroom and haphazardly go out, take our lights and not be prepared for the wedding day. Not be fully prepared for the wedding day. And then there was the five who said, you know, not only do we need to take our lights with us, but we need to take the oil. We need to take the sustaining power of the oil with us. And I would say to us, church, that we need more than just a light. We need more than just knowledge. We need more than just a concept. We need the fullness of the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need this last generation. If, it, if Christ should come, this last generation needs, oh, we desperately, I, I look all around at this generation and they're, they're captivated by the, the natural man and the carnal things of this life and, and don't understand, even in pastors, don't understand what it means to take the oil with you. We were a part of this Facebook group with pastors over or under 40 and uh, Assembly of God pastors not having any concept of the Holy Spirit one of them tried to argue with me about praying in tongues in church and, and, and speaking in tongues in church and they said oh we don't allow that and I said well you're, you're a Pentecostal church Who, who's your tongues police Who's walking around in your church arresting people and taking them out if they're praying in tongues? Well, we believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but that's the only time you pray. How do you know the difference? How, when do you know that this is somebody's being baptized in the Holy Spirit or it's their prayer language? I mean, who are you to know that you're the spiritual police and you need to take people out of... I mean, it was just, it blew my mind. I, you know, I grew up in a Pentecostal, full, matter of fact, my pastor's wife, I've got a text this morning, the pastor's wife that I grew up under passed away this morning. She was 90-something years old. And her, every time I saw her, every time we would go to Illinois, she would grab my hand and say, Zach, we need revival in our church again. Every, every time my parents saw her, which was basically weekly, they call me and say, she asked the same question again. How's Zach doing in Ohio? Is that church experiencing revival yet? It was always the same question. Is Ohio experiencing revival? That was her passion. That's what I grew up with. They were out of the healing. Thank God for that. We need to be a people full of the oil that we don't consider just the light, 
but we consider the sustain, the sustaining power of the Holy Ghost that keeps us and sustains us in the dark world around us. There's plenty that will try to put out your light in these days. Why not take the power of the Holy Spirit with you? Both had gone out looking for the bridegroom. You know, I find it interesting that both, both wise and foolish were looking for the coming. You know, of course we can apply that to the, the rapture of the church. There'll be those who have a concept and are looking. But I, but I just want to take the idea for a moment here of, of expecting this last day outpouring of, of, of Holy Spirit's power, the Jesus coming to his church in and, and, and revival. I, I just want to take that concept for a moment and begin to think there are those who are praying and saying with a good idea, a good concept, yes, we need revival. You can be open to revival, but not hungry for it. You can come and say, oh yeah, I want the bridegroom, I want revival to come. And it's a good idea, it's a good concept, and you're op- I'm open to it. Oh, but you're not hungry for it. Those who were wise went ready with their oil, ready to receive, ready for the bridegroom to come. I've never, ever, ever, ever met a bride for her wedding day was not prepared. Every every bride, when they get married, they've got their hair did, their makeup done, their, you know, they've got all of it. They're, you know, they're glistening. They're spotless. They're ready for the wedding day. And everybody around them better be ready for the wedding day too. I remember when Heather and I got married five years ago this month. We got married. And I remember we were in this New Orleans church, stained glass windows built in the 1800s, beautiful church. It was one of our campuses, beautiful church, hardwood pews, you know, just the old church. I mean, man, it was beautiful. We didn't even have to decorate. It was perfect. And I remember standing up on the platform with our pastor and her brother who was who is a pastor was involved in the ceremony and I remember when those back doors opened and Heather began to walk down that aisle it was it was for me a great picture of Jesus come the bride making herself ready for the for the wedding feast it was that is it what it, it was what it was and it was the the whole day was just picturesque of the whole of Jesus coming and and she's walking down the aisle and I began to cry. I mean, I was just a blubber baby, just seeing, you know, Heather walk down. But you know, it wasn't about what she was wearing. It wasn't about her hair and her makeup. And she got herself ready and she looked beautiful. But it wasn't about all that. It was my bride coming down the aisle. It was Heather coming down the aisle. It wasn't about how well she looked. She could have, she could have worn anything that day, and I would have been, I would have been happy. I was just, just happy to get married. I wonder if the same is true in the church. You see, if you're really ready and really hungry, really desiring the things of God, you prepare, you get ready, you prepare for that day. And, and it really has nothing to do about the outward. It really has nothing to do about, about how well you look or how good you're groomed. It really, at the end of the day, is about it's wedding day with Jesus. I get to experience Him. I get to be in His presence. I get to enjoy Him. It really has nothing to do with what music we sing or we don't sing or what the building looks like or doesn't look like. And all those things are 
are great and we want to be ready. But at the end of the day, I just have to have him. I just, just need to go into the wedding feast. The, the five wise virgins, just, I just have to go. I just have to be there. I have to get into the wedding celebration. I just have to get married. When you're hungry, when you're, when you're hungry for his presence, when you're hungry to get into that wedding feast, when you're, when you're hungry for revival, you'll get yourself ready and you'll prepare yourself and make sure that you're ready for that day. But at the end of the day, at the end of, at the, end of the ceremony, it really had very little to do with the outward. It really had everything to do with, I just want to be with him. I just want to be in his presence. They were both called. The Bible says at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. They, they both knew. They both had been given the warning. That, do you know, do you realize that, that on that great day when we're standing before Christ, when revival comes and we're experiencing the fullness of God in our church and what he's doing in, 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 in our church, in our community, there'll be no opportunity or no excuse for not knowing You've been warned, you've been told, you've been, you've been made ready. The warning's gone out. I say to you, the warning's gone out. Get yourself ready. Jesus is coming to his church in this last day. There is coming such a great outpouring of his presence. There is coming such a great outpouring of the spirit of God in this last day that we will see uh, a harvest of souls and lives transformed like we've never seen. It's been prophesied in scripture time and time again. We've heard it. We've, and oh God, help us to be ready for that day. God, help us to be ready, our oil ready, our lights ready. We've seen, we've seen taste of it. We've seen taste of it. I, I, in New Orleans, many of you know that we come from a, a revival background, revival church, renew, that is our, that's our hearts and the mantles that we carry, that's who we are, that's our background in ministry. And I, I remember, I've been in services, and maybe some of you can remember back even maybe in the 90s and some of the things that God was doing in the 90s. But I've been, I've been in services where the presence of God is so heavy and so strong that literally it's all, as a pastor preaching, it's all you can do to stay upright. It takes everything within in your physical being to stay upright behind the, the pulpit and many times not. <laughs> and having to preach and what seems like a tornado or a hurricane where the presence of God is so thick and so heavy and the people are so responsive to the presence of God that literally you're having to preach over the shouts of joy and the laughter and the cries of repentance and the, the, the presence of God moving on people. That literally people are being drawn as you're preaching and to the altar and having to minister around those who are coming and repenting and being born again, even as you preach and minister the word. Oh, that's what it was in the day of Pentecost. That's what it was throughout the New Testament that Peter and Paul and those who were preaching, even while they were preaching, the Holy Spirit was being poured out and people were being baptized. Where do we get the idea that for some reason when someone's preaching, we have to be dignified and controlled and we have to keep it together? And they, I grew up with that concept. I know all about that. But while the apostles preached and they taught, people were receiving. 
things were happening. Oh, God, let us have our, our vessels full of oil. When you come, we're ready. They all have the warning. Then it says, Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. And the wise said, We only have enough for us. You've got to get your own. And I say to you today that, that you've, heard us, you've heard us preach on the power of the Holy Spirit and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. It's a personal experience. But I can't give you my oil. <laughs> you've got to get it for yourself. You have to have, I have enough fullness for me. Paul said in Ephesians, I pray that you will understand the height and the depth that you might receive the fullness of God. That you'll have this overflowing capacity. God, give us a capacity. Give us the capacity for fullness. What does God fullness look like anyway? That God would give us, grant us fullness. What does that look like? That the king of all the universe would place and deposit within each of us his fullness. Wow. He wants you to experience his fullness. That we would have this capacity for more of God. That we would have a capacity for more of him. You can't have my oil. <laughs> You've got to get your own. You've got to get filled up on your own. You can't, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to divide you in half, and I'm going to give you half, and I'll keep half. No, you've got to be full, filled full of the Holy Spirit yourself. You've got to go into that prayer time, that prayer closet on your own, and begin to worship and pray on your own. You have to get on your face before God on your own and say, Lord, give me more. You have to get in the place of, of worship corporately, together, individually. God, we've got to have more of you. I have to have more. We had someone recently say, you know, I like the church, but it's just really intense. <laughs> what do you think heaven's going to be like, baby? <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> heaven's going to be really intense. You, you are going to be in the throne room. <laughs> You're going to be standing before Almighty. Talk about intense. <laughs> this is just preparation. We're just getting you ready for what's to come. Oh, God, give us more. Give us a hunger for more. Stir up a passion for more. You know, there are so many people. There are so many people in ministry, even pastors, that are focused on building their, their ministry, building their kingdoms horizontal. You know, how far can we reach? How far can we? And it's, it's all about the kingdom, building the kingdom. And little is said about building your heart. Little is said about building a capacity for God in your life. Look, we talk about our vision and our plans and all that. That has nothing to do. That has very little to do with what I'm preaching. We, well, it has everything to do in the sense that, that God is building a capacity in us and the overflow is that vision. God is building and creating a hunger and a desire in our hearts for more of Him and the overflow. That's why some of these things that we thought, man, it'll just happen, you know, six months down the road, you know, they're already happening. Why? Because God's increasing. He's building us. He's transforming us. That is, that is what ministry is all about. It's not about building the kingdom and then asking God to fill it, saying, God, fill me and build your kingdom. The unfortunate, though, is that any, any pastor that preaches like that 
and says, God, build, build a capacity in my heart for more of you, most of those churches are not successful. They don't have the numbers. They don't have the buildings. They don't have the outer trappings. Why? Because they're not, they're not preaching a socially acceptable gospel. Are we, are, we, are we being lulled to sleep by preachers who tickle our ears? Are we really hungry for the things of God? Are we asking and demanding that preachers preach a gospel that doesn't preach sin and doesn't challenge me and doesn't, doesn't convict? If you come to church and aren't convicted or challenged, it's a problem. Heather and I have to pay a price to preach what we preach. We have to pay a price to live the life that we live. And I refuse, I refuse to pay the price for the anointing and pay the price for his presence and not preach the gospel of the word and preach something that's socially acceptable so people can come in my church and feel okay about themselves and feel like they've been, oh, you're a better you. You can go out and live how you want. You can do what you want to do and live how you want to live and have no desire for the things of God. Check, I went to church this week. If that is, if that is how deep we go, we're finding ourselves in the company of the foolish virgins. If that's how far your Christianity goes, there's no depth, there's no lasting quality. You'll find yourself without the oil, standing with a light that's going out, wondering why you're not going into the wedding feast when the bridegroom comes. God, help us. Lord, help us to be ready for your coming. Lord, help us to be ready. Help us to be ready. You know, I truly believe that under the sound of my voice this morning, that the majority, probably, if not all, of those that are here have a desire and a hunger for the things of God. They, they, those of you that are here, you've been with us for as I call it, the season of sifting. <laughs> Do you, are you hungry or are you not? That's, you know, that's kind of what you can just sum up the past six months. Do you want God or not? Are you just doing, doing what you're doing to get a check mark and a star on the chalkboard from the teacher? Or are you really hungry for the things of God? And you all have, you stuck with us and said, yes, we're hungry. We're ready for more. And so I want to tell you, just like it says, here with these ten virgins. I want to go into that wedding feast. I want all that God has for me. I want to step in, close the door on what was, who, maybe, maybe you need to close the door on what, on who was. <laughs> you know, sometimes we get this idea that people are super spiritual and we put them on a pedestal and when they let us down, they, well, you were... You didn't, what do you mean you didn't have your oil? You didn't have your oil? I mean, I had my oil, and you didn't have yours. Now you got to go get some, and you're, you're going to be left behind. I mean, we're going into the wedding. The bridegroom's coming. What do you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And you see these people that you respect and honor, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, they, they're not ready. And then you find yourself going in to receive all that God has for you. Sometimes you just got to shut the door. Allow Jesus to shut the door on what was and who was. And God, we're moving forward. I thank God for them. They were in my life for a season, and we shut the door, and we step in to the wedding feast. And those that are ready for the wedding feast, 
we're going to party. <laughs> we're going to have a good time, and we're going to enjoy the fullness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The bridegroom's coming. He's coming to his church. He's coming to pour out his spirit in this last day. And we're going to see a harvest of souls, and we're going to see lives transformed like we've never seen before. Are you ready?